0: Hello, Open Lines Radio friends, family. Thank you for uh, stopping by today. It's me, Mark, your friendly neighborhood Open Lines Radio program coordinator. I've been really having a lot of fun uh, going back and listening to some of the older episodes of the uh, old Open Lines Radio podcasts. There's some really great stuff back there, and I really recommend that you do it. The the easiest way to do it is to go to SoundCloud, because you can go back and you can search through the playlists of each individual podcast. Uh, You can do it on, you can, if you subscribe and listen on other podcast apps, that's cool too. It's really easy to stay current that way. Not so easy to go back and search the old stuff. So I recommend downloading the SoundCloud app and listening that way uh, to the old stuff. Uh, this what we're about to listen to now is the first episode of Sabbat Shalom with Brother Doug. And this is the ver- this is the the origin, the genesis of the current Nobody Asked podcast that Doug and I do today. Uh, and in Nobody Asked, we we answer questions that nobody asked. <laughs> we we break things down for you that way. This goes back uh, what had happened was uh, Doug and I hadn't talked for a long time. It'd been years probably and he came across my podcast somehow. I don't remember how. And he listened to, to a couple episodes and he really wanted to come on board and do a podcast with me. And so this this was what happened here. And you'll you'll notice the audio is kind of weird. Back then we were, we were broadcasting live on an app called Mixler. And it was pretty cool. And I recommend if you're into live broadcasting, downloading that app and checking out people who are broadcasting live now or maybe even broadcast live yourself. It was pretty cool. It was really hard to 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 maintain with the, the as as uh, kind of the, the wide variety of, of voices we were bringing them on to Open Minds Radio back then, so we kind of just moved to just you know just a more standard just 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 the, more, the the more traditional form of podcasting that we are today. But back then we were it was Mixler, so Doug was calling in to uh, you know log into this Mixler app, so. He kind of it was pretty cool. It kind of sounds more like AM radio than a podcast, and and he uh, was calling in to talk to me. So that's where what that sound comes from. So I just I just really think it's cool to go back and listen to these old old things. This was from October sixth, I believe, of twenty eighteen. He had listened to my streaming consciousness podcast uh, the, that I had put out the previous week, and I j- actually just posted that as an encore presentation, so you can go listen to that and see what it was that triggered him to want to do this podcast. And then after you do that, go back. Go, like I said, go to SoundCloud, follow Open Lines Radio, check out the Sabbath Shalom playlist, and go back and listen to all of them. It's pretty cool. Um, and then also from there, we went to uh, we started a new podcast called Brothers Bomb, and it's evolved into Nobody Asked. So there you have it. You can go back and listen to all the old Brothers Bomb as well, and as well as all the newer Nobody Asked podcasts. And you can get your Doug and Mark fix. You can OD on us. You won't die. You won't die when you OD on Doug and Mark. You're just going to have some good, clean fun. All right, here it is. aren't imagining things. It's a brand new program here on Open Lines Radio. It is Sabbath Shalom with Brother Doug. Brother Doug is joining me.
1: Hello, hello, Brother Doug. How are you? I'm good, <laughs> good.
0: <clears throat> Doug, uh, Doug reached out to me after we haven't talked to each other in a couple years, and said he wants to do a show. So, yeah, <laughs> here it yeah. is.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. I'm excited. Right on. So, well, have you how have you been? Things have been good, man. Uh, just uh, hanging out here and uh, listened to your your couple of your episodes a few weeks back, and you talked about some stuff, and I thought this would be kind of fun. And <laughs> I I like the idea of brother Doug because it's a little bit of a play on on things, but let's give it a shot.
0: If you haven't if you haven't figured it out by now. Doug and I are brothers.
1: Yeah, they probably, every <laughs> once in a while, won't know who's who.
0: <laughs> so, no. so uh, what, what have you been thinking? What have you been thinking about?
1: Okay, so, um, a little bit of background for anybody who will be listening. I, I used to teach social studies, and um, you had a, a topic you were talking about, you were saying something about time, and it made me think about something that happened. And the lesson I used to, to give in social studies. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about um, connections people feel to places and connections people feel to, like, artifacts. But I want to set up this story first. So we, we, do you want to jump in now or what do you want to do? Well,
0: which w- – I talk a lot about time. Mm-hmm. What, what particular – which one was it about how uh, there is no time?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and time just, like, keeps going. All oh, right, right, right. And stuff in the past, like, w- what is our connection to stuff in the past? You know, do yeah, we, we really feel connection to stuff in the past?
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like it's, it's a memory. Explorer.
1: It's weird. Yeah, jump
0: in. Yeah, I want
1: to hear what you have to say. Okay, okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So, I when I taught geography, so I have to back up with this. It's a little bit of social study stuff, but it won't You've take. We've got too nothing
0: long. but time, Doug.
1: Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, uh when we look at geography, we have this concept of location. We location seems like a really silly basic concept, but it's super important in social studies because in geography where stuff is matters a ton, like where certain resources are in impacts where industries are, where certain populations are located and where certain religions are located have an impact on cultural um, factors and politics and, and the daily life. Right. And so, Uh, it just has this huge influence. And so location is this kind of key component in geography. And when you look at the location of something, there are four main components to something's location. And the first three are like the X, Y, and Z coordinates, right? So um, the X and Y would be our latitude and longitude. You're at a certain latitude and longitude. I'm at a certain latitude and longitude. Um, And then the third one would be that Z factor. So for example, you and I could be um, at the same latitude and longitude, but you're on the third floor and I'm on the first floor, so um, that z is the elevation, right? So we follow with that okay. so far. So you got, yeah. you got yeah. latitude, the, longitude, the elevation,
0: physical place on the globe. Totally.
1: And mm-hmm. then the fourth factor is is time. So, you know, an hour from now, you and I probably won't be at the same latitude and longitude. And so I used to use that as an example in social studies of why why it's important to go to to historical places and culturally relevant places because you could go when you when you are going to say like a historical site the only thing separating you you are 75 percent of um 75 percent there you're 75 percent connected to the past the only thing that's separating you from that event in the past is time right Right. and and so um years ago i went on this history tour from boston to philadelphia and we went to John Adams' house, and that was really meaningful to me because I, I had just read the book and HBO just did their series on John Adams, and so was, I was geeking out on it quite a bit. And um, I remember sitting in there, in the you, you're in the kitchen in the Adams House kitchen, and they have this grandfather clock that was there at the time, and they wind it up, and you hear the ticking, and they make this big deal about that's the same tick tock that they heard. And while I was in there, I'm like leaning up against this wood contraption. And, and then it's cause it was this big crowded room and we're all kind of packed in there. And the tour guide goes over and it's like, and this over here, this thing I was leaning against was, is Abigail Adams, butter churner. She uses this every day. And she touch you know, and so I've had this weird, this weird, like metaphysical experience of like, oh my gosh, I'm touching the same thing Abigail Adams touched. Right. right. And, um, and so I kind of relate that to the students of go visit these places cause you're connecting with these people in the past and you feel this this presence in a weird way. And then we went to like independence hall in Philadelphia where the, um, the, the decoration of independence is signed. And you just feel this weird and part of it's because I'm into history and that's what I taught and, and all that stuff, but you feel this connection. And, and I still kind of am into that where like when, if we go somewhere new, I, I want to go to those places that are either culturally relevant or historically relevant just because, I don't know it's it's just interesting to see those things and to connect with those things but then so then something happened at at my house that really kind of rattled my idea there you there it just yeah. it just connected all right and so um so the address to my house is 666 right and um and i live a, a block away from a cemetery and so when, we, when i was teaching i used to joke around with the kids all the time of, of hey. So when we're talking about location, we talk about absolute versus relative location. We talk about addresses and stuff. So so my address is six six six, and I live next to a cemetery. And um, r- rumor has it is that a a kid died there. And in your house. In my house. And I would kind of just use it as a joke because I think it it was a rumor, but people uh, would always just it's like well it's the six 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 house that's near the cemetery, and so and so I always viewed this thing as a rumor. And, um, one day we're uh, just, it was just a standard Friday evening and, um, Jamie, my wife, one of her old friends who her mom lives out of town and she was in town with, with her daughter and they were driving around and in the 1980s, they lived a block away from our house. So they were the street behind us and they were just driving around and knew that, uh, that Jamie lived here now. And so they came and knocked on the door and we're just catching up and talking to her. And um the mom's like, "So do you you know what happened in this house, right?" And and Jamie's like, "No, I no, we we'd heard rumors, but we, you know who knows." She goes, "Yeah, in in you know the 1980s, there was um, a family who lived in this house, and um, it, it was a mom whose husband was traveling a lot, so the mom was by herself a ton, and." there she had some foster children and one of the foster uh, children was was a special needs um, girl about five or six years old and um, she ended up killing her and and so they talked about that and jamie told me she was reluctant to tell me because she had once she had she was the first one who heard the rumor and when she told me she told me at like it was like eleven thirty at night and it was dark and and like i was like super spooked and, and I didn't appreciate it. I couldn't sleep at all that night. And so she was reluctant to tell me, but she told me. So I was like, what? And so I, I do this huge this huge uh, Google search. And I find um, in the newspaper archives that, yeah, that could actually happen. Find the name of the girl. Find the name of the mom. The mom's still at the point of the mountain in the prison. And um, And it actually happened. And so the spooky thing about this is, and this is weird, and I know it makes me sound like Glenn Beck, right? But, <laughs> but here's the deal: is it happened on December 12th, which is the address or the the date of 1212, right? Which is six plus six um, right. going on there. And then um, the next morning, after we find out, because the kids woke up before us and they were downstairs in the basement, um, uh, just playing like video games and hanging out and doing whatever. I go down and, and I'm talking to to my daughter and she's she says dad were you flashing the lights and so I go up running up to um, up to Jamie and like "No," Millie says that they're flashing the lights there there's some, something going on in the basement and like I'm just like totally spooked and rattled <laughs> by this and Jamie's like no don't worry about it it's nothing it's nothing and then she calls me a couple Jamie calls me a couple days later because I was at work and she was she was home she was on the treadmill in the basement she's like the lights are flashing the lights are flashing and, um, and so we kind of had this little stretch where the lights kept on flashing in the basement for a little bit there. And, um, and, and again, it sounds weird, but like I was, we'd be sitting in the kitchen and you could see the stairwell to the basement. Um, and, uh, it would be 3:33 and the lights would be flashing and it would just spook me out. And so this whole thing just like rattled me big time for, for months. And this has been probably like three or four years ago since we found out. So I don't, I'm not, I don't feel as as spooked by it right now, but at the time it totally messed with me. And part of it's just because like, it's, it's scary. It's a house that's 666 by the cemetery that, um, a a girl was killed in. Right. And, um, and my kids were, were a little bit younger than they are now. And so you know my daughter was not too far off in age from what this girl was and it just felt like this house wasn't my house anymore um, and uh, and this house just a little bit of background I bought this house and it was like in the in the dead of the financial crisis and um, it was a bank owned home it was in really bad shape and I just and I was teaching and I had some summer time off and so I would I had spent this time fixing it up and felt like I'd created this house and like within just a moment, it just felt like it wasn't mine anymore, and um, and I had like this whole thing. I used to talk to to students, and she was always like in the back of my mind. Of you know, the only thing separating you from that event is time. You are seventy five percent there, and every time I'd walk by where it happened, I would just just get the chills. And even sometimes now, I walk by and I get the chills when it happens. Are,
0: are your lights still flashing?
1: No. Okay. So so I um I opened up the. I'm like, I have to get in here. It's got to be, it's got to be something in the wiring. And so I did take apart the light. I redid every, redid every, um, wire, just made sure every connection was in there. And I haven't had it flash since. but I, every time it fit at nighttime, if I walk by, I'm like, I'm so nervous that the light's going to flash. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but,
0: <clears throat> but it like, it doesn't need a flash anymore. It's already,
1: in it's time. already and the message is already, is already been given, but, and so here's the thing that's, that's, here's the thing I wanted to discuss is, is, you know, when that, after that happened, I, like I had, I I had to almost really divorce myself from this idea of, yeah, you, what happened in the past, there's no connection, right? It just, that was like my coping mechanism. No time just keeps moving and it just goes and stuff happens, but you move on and it just, and it goes. And, um, and I've remembered feeling that way a little bit like uh, I've had some people who I've been really close to die. And, and, when, and when they die, like you're in the state of like really deep mourning. And, and you hear people talk all the time about how it just it feels weird that I, I feel so rattled by this event. Yet, like everybody else in the world just keeps going, right? Like time just keeps going and, and life goes on. And so that's where, where I kind of that was my coping mechanism a bit was was to say like, um, no, th- no stuff doesn't matter and and you just move on. And now I've landed a little bit, kind of both. You know, I don't think it's exclusive um, or mutually exclusive where it's it's one or the other. I think yeah, it's true. Life like time goes on and and stuff that happened in the past just moves on. But I do think that there's some something like relevant to connecting the past because if you look at pretty much any any major world religion that has a, a single founder um pretty much every single one of those religions has a component where people will go back and visit um events in that founder's life right we see it in christianity we see it in, in islam it's one of the five pillars of islam as you go back to mecca um you see it in Buddhism and and i think people feel a connection to places a lot and people feel a connection to artifacts and so that's that's a little bit of where i want to go have you have you experienced that a bit where you feel a connection to a place in the past or or to a thing that has like this meaningful experience
0: Well when you were talking about um your trip your history trip
1: yeah to uh
0: Colony, the colonial U.S. Yeah, it, it was thinking. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, when you go to the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam, uh-huh. and and from the street, it just looks like a building, you know, because it's kind of been encased now. It's right. Kind of like it's kind of like the Anne Frank House is like in the center of this other building now, and and it's kind of sterile. And but when you you go through there, and there's this part where you go into a room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there, she when she was there, she didn't like the the plain walls, so she had cut out pictures out of magazines and like glued them to the wall. Yeah, and they're still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, it, it seemed like that. Like when I went into the room and you saw the the pictures that were pasted to the wall, that's where and it it's, it does it gives you it just takes you there. Yeah, being in that place and like and suddenly and it was like so I don't I don't want to say depressing. It was just heavy. Yeah. It was really heavy there, and I was, yeah. it was—it was a kind of a life-altering, like it changes you. Yeah, when, yeah. when you go, when you go through there,
1: I've—I've I've heard the same thing about like when people go to Auschwitz, you know, the concentration camps, where it's just it feels like this is a place where this horrible atrocity happens, and there's like a weight to it, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But people always always ask me if I believe in ghosts, like, or when people. No, ask me like hey do you believe in ghosts you know that conversation comes up right i don't my answer is always i don't know that i believe in like a conscious right
1: ghost right
0: but i do believe in um energy Uh uh-huh and so i think i think like residual energy especially in the location so it's especially when something tragic happens because that's like this flash of energy mm-hmm. where it has its chance to stick there. and I, I yeah. don't think it's like a conscious entity like going around with thoughts. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just this energy that's just continuing to play out in its place,
1: yeah, I think there's something to that because um, you, you, like I was saying before, there's been there' been a handful of people who have who died who I've been pretty close to. And, um, there's this weird sense afterward where you almost want to go, you want, like part of the coping and, and mourning process a little bit, at least for me, is I wanted to go to the spot where they died, you know? Cause it's like this, this, you have these huge demarcation points in somebody's life. You have like their birthplace and their death place and these flashpoints in between. And, um, there, there's something a little bit cathartic about being at the place where it ended. And, and I don't know if, if that's just, you know, in, in my own psychology and my own physiology within my brain where that's how I drive meaning or if that's maybe there's something genuinely there. And and I can see having some sort of, of energy in that particular spot because of, because it's a significant moment. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, and I, and I, and we're just, we're, we're beings made out of energy and so like once this physical body stops, that energy doesn't. The energy leaves the body. And so it's only natural that like some residual energy is gonna get trapped in the location. Yeah. Where where wherever the energy's going. I don't I mean, I have my theories and philosophies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really believe much in an afterlife. I just think like your energy just goes into the nearest thing that will accept it. Mm-hmm. And um I'm, that's why I don't. I'm terrified to die, like, in a hospital, because <laughs> you know? I don't really want my energy being absorbed up into the like all this machinery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd rather like be absorbed into a tree out in the woods or something.
1: So here's here's what I so here's what I'm wondering. So this is this is a. I mean, obviously we're we're just speculating, right? And um, but I have wondered this a bit in, in the time sense. Is, um, when, is is it the is it that there's something physically there with that object, or is it more like that object allows you to be? It's kind of like a conduit or a catalyst to allow you to get into that headspace where you can connect. Well, you're um, the one that
0: lives by the cemetery, like. like. <laughs> There's like you know what there's, like there's a re- there's a reason I would like to be cremated upon death is I don't want to buy like if there's any sort of chance right <laughs> that we stick with our bodies I don't really want to be hanging out in a cemetery was, was with everybody with the body, other <laughs> these other energies because there's there's clearly energies at work in cemeteries there's shit going on there yeah yeah and, like I don't want any part of that <laughs> so there's but that's the same thing that's just energy that's clinging to to, to this something thing, this body yeah. And so, like, even if it's just a little bit of residual, that's as the bodies are decomposing, energy is being released. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, but I don't know about like, but that's a that's a living thing. I don't know about like an artifact or like something that. Yeah, you know, but I guess anything that you could that could absorb energy could. Well, you know, I know. Be some I kind know, magnet. like
1: magnet, because I know, like for example, um, when people go and they they want to. They talk to somebody who, like a medium, right, who a lot of times they'll have them bring um, stuff that they had or something that's meaningful to them. And so I think there's maybe something to that. But there's, you know, not to get into too many details about, like, my own faith background, but, like, you know, I used to be a lot more um, in in a practicing faith than, than I am now. And one of the things I miss about that is, it, there seemed like there was there was a ritual that allowed me to get into that headspace, right? I don't know that, because like I had meaningful experiences when I was was, was a practicing practicing faithful member, right? And um, but now I don't have as many of those experiences. And part of me, the um, part of the reason why is it feels silly to me to do certain activities whereas once in the past it didn't feel silly to participate in a ritual right
0: That's interesting.
1: and and so those but but participating in that ritual allowed me like it kind of gave me permission to be like yeah i'm doing this and it's i'm connecting with something right and so sometimes i wonder if like you go to these places like you go to you go to like independence hall for example and you go there and you're like okay this this is where they were. And it kind of creates this, this um, environment for you where your brain's able to be like, yeah, this is, uh, this is what happened. And you feel this connection to the past. And so sometimes I wonder if maybe it's none of that at all. It's just, it's, it's a catalyst to help you connect to that space that without that thing, it's really hard for you to get into that headspace. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: But for I don't sure.
0: know. No, for sure. And, and like pretty much, like Holly has all these rituals that she does mm-hmm. and pretty much any who's listening to this right now through open lines radio yeah. that knows me is probably practices some kind of ritual. Yeah. Yeah. My listeners are r- very heavy ritual based They're Right. They're Wiccans and right. And but I don't know if that's even people like to be called that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <But> they, <laughs> yeah. They're these. they're very spiritual people that not yeah. necessarily with, with your, mainstream religions
1: right right
0: but it's but it's they're all about ritual and my ritual is like ben i'm like the anti-ritual i hate ritual (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i I turn from it when when it doesn't matter what it is when people go into ritual i just automatically pull away and it's just interesting to hear you say that you don't do them because you feel silly and it's the same thing i feel Mm -hmm. like i almost feel like like, once you know that's what the ritual's for, like, just go there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's, I think that's, that's the trick. But that's just
0: me, but I'm I'm probably the, but, but, but I'm the, the exception. Because, like, the, probably 99% of the world is practicing some kind of ritual.
1: Yeah. In some way. In some way. And, and I think that's, honestly, the trick is, 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 giving yourself permission, you know what I'm saying? And I think some people can give themselves permission a whole lot easier than others. Um, and that's where I think, in in a weird way where a lot of faiths say that this is kind of the the one and only way, um, it, it it helps people preserve that idea of this is how, this is what I've got to do to get there. And, um, and that's where, um, it's kind of interesting because in my, in my mind, I think that, um, people if they look at different faiths or different experiences being right or wrong or whatever i don't know that there is a right or wrong i think that there's many ways to have these experiences and that this is what's working for this individual and that's what allows them to have it and so great that's that's how that's how they're connecting to that to that um energy or whatever it is is through is through participating in that um like i i used to i used to pray every morning, right? I used to, on, on my way, um, to work and, and just every morning it was, it was my thing. And there is, there was this very weird, cathartic, just centering of myself every day before I got started. Um, that I look back at now and I think, man, I could, I could probably pick that back up and still have a lot of those experiences, even though my own particular, um, belief structures changed a bit. Um, that stuff still has value, right? But, sure. uh, but anyway, it's still the
0: vibration you're putting out, you know. Yeah. You, you put out positive vibration. Like, I don't, I don't want this, this thing that we've got this show to get too personal. Yeah, yeah, to total. Past, but, um, our mother, uh-huh. <laughs> um, said to me once about ten years ago, uh-huh. uh huh, uh. If you would, if you just would pray, if you would just pray more, like you would see your life turn around and you would see things happen. And I was like, you clearly don't know me because every breath out of my mouth is a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like when you said like I'm constant, like through the day, like everything is like, please let this work, please let. This, you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's it is it's not it's not it's not to the same particular. God, she had in mind. I don't know what it's even to. Right. But I, 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 I honor it. And I think it's important to be like asking the universe for its permission for you to
1: yeah. use it. You know? Yeah. Something Jamie always says that, you know, I, I think she was initially saying as like, uh, I don't know as a joke, but just as like a, you just say it. Cause that's what people say. And she's Hey, if you want to put it out in the universe and, um, it, and it sounds silly but i actually do that
0: like you willfully think about it intention
1: and you have to uh, put the
0: vibration out
1: and and sometimes i feel if nothing else it centers me around that goal or that thing that i think is of value or get you in the in the right head space
0: or sometimes when you say it out loud you realize how ridiculous it is
1: <laughs> yeah sure you know Sure,
0: I can convince myself of a lot of things in my head. But when I start talking to myself, I talk myself out of them.
1: Exactly. So so anyway, so that was one thing I was kind of thinking about is, is um, these connections to places, these connections to stuff. And and is there an actual connection or is it really just a, a, a kind of a vehicle that we use to get there? And and really, probably at the end of the day, probably doesn't matter because your experience you experience what you experience right and and that's kind of the end goal whether it's originated from from the actual object or or that object allows you to connect to it really who cares right what
0: do you think what do you think about anchoring to past and that's like,
1: what that's where past, that's where, that where I one? wanted to go to next is I don't know man because um, I sure hope not <laughs> so that, that's because that, that spooks me out a little bit but I uh, it, time is the one that that's kind of unusual to me because you know if you if you and I and I by no means um even it's educated on this really in any way but they talk about how you know how much gravity there is is how fast time moves if you look at Einstein's theory of relativity and all that stuff and you get into that and it starts to kind of mess with me a little bit of of like is time cyclical and and all that stuff um, well I don't know, what do you think?
0: Uh, <laughs> I've I've uh the only way I've been able to um exist happily is to let go of the past. Yeah. And 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 maybe um this is a conversation for next week. Yeah. But um next week we'll talk about my brief uh dipping of my toes into Scientology
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh I'm excited
0: <laughs> but but here's the thing like like as crazy as they are like the whole basis of like how I've been, a- been able to move from where I was at that point to now is because of um Dianetics mm-hmm. and how it's taking these memories that you react from
1: mm-hmm.
0: or that cause you to read like like When you have a reaction, it's usually due to something that's happened to you in the past. Right. And when you can go back and take the look at your past objectively and turn that, turn your past, these past events and turn them away from like being this thing that traumatized you into just being a memory. Yeah. Like that's on the shelf. Like you can just put a book on the bookshelf and Mm -hmm. you know know the memory happened and it's there, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that causes you to react anymore right No, i'm by no means <laughs> I, I still react but like that's the thing that i've been working on just doing like and and it's crazy when you talk about time because that's something i've been working on doing in the moment just trying to as things are happening
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: present mm-hmm. like immediately releasing reaction from them right And just, like, this is a thing that happened. It's a memory. It has shaped who I am, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to base my reactions to life on this singular event. Right. I don't know if that has anything to do with, but but that is as far as the past goes. Like, I don't, like, I have this, like, the past is just like a book. Yeah. To me. I, I try, but I don't know if, like, it's probably, it's, I'm sure it's much more than that, but like the way that I can cope. Uh The way that I can move forward with a smile on my face is that I don't like I I barely have memories of most of my like even a year ago you know like I I just let it go
1: yeah well and what's hard a little bit about past is you know if you look at a lot of the I've been listening to some podcasts that have talked about like recall of past events and and how we we personally use the past. Usually, it's we're we're reconstructing it when we remember it. So it's not always like an accurate depiction of of what happened. It's often a reflection of what happened, right? And um, and so that's that's the thing is that's kind of where it makes me lean a little bit of like time just keeps going and it just it just obliterates it all eventually. Um, because because even when we look back to the past, it's not always really like what actually happened. You know what I mean, right, right. and and um, but man, I don't know.
0: But I think that's that's okay. Like everybody experiences everything differently, and that's like yeah. when, that's what what that cornball phrase "stand in your truth" is all about. <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah. and speak your truth. And it's like you experience something from your perspective, and it's important too. You know, it's just as so much as everyone else's. Yeah, I think I don't know yeah man so so but then we have like these these things that we hold on to through the years yeah that tr- like are there, are that like and so now now you gotta wonder are these things that like pull the path like you say are this, is it a conduit to the past or are they just triggering memories like when you have like a a stuffed animal that you had as a child and then you you come across it later in life well, you know that's a like that's a
1: that's an interesting thought because for me, I personally my my psyche, my psychology, and my sons as well is I'm a very nostalgic person, right? I I enjoy like even even just like driving through the city and just the the hometown that you know we were raised in, and it's a sunny, quiet day. Uh, and you drive through neighborhoods that may be, you know, decades old. I like, like to envision what life was like living in the same spot decades ago. And it, it like brings me this sense of calm and peace. And that's weird. Cause like, why, 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 why does it necessarily, why does that matter? And I think, and I think that's probably honestly, um, maybe that's kind of natural. Everybody always looks back on the past as a better time. And that's maybe even a little bit of why, you know, the whole MAGA thing's big is is we look back at the past as this um, a better time, you know. And and I don't know what the value in that is and, and what that even does because, um, you know, I, I still live in this, the city we grew up in. And so sometimes, like, I'll go running and I'll go run down the street. Of the house where we lived, and to be honest, I don't have like a million memories. I spent we were only there for so much time. I spent plenty of time in other places, but it feels this weird, weird connection. And I don't, and I don't know where that comes from. And I don't know if know if that's just us reflecting on the the reality is is I'm an entirely different person than I was at that time and so maybe it's just a a feeling of hey i'm reflecting on this evolution that i've made as an individual and so maybe that's it maybe that's why we um feel a connection is it's just kind of this chance to to reflect and to grow you know um when i was teaching one of the practices we always did you know we you'd write your lesson plans and um you would kind of look at okay so i did this last year here's what worked here's what didn't work and here's what i'm going to do differently and that's how you became a better teacher is you reflect on how you did it in the past and you you kind of move on and eventually that lesson is a whole lot different than what it was years later because you've made it better kind of idea and so maybe that's maybe that's the 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 joy in that or the opposite of holy crap look back at this time and it was way better and now it's not um so i don't know
0: well that's totally um like like your perspective as well, because like we grew up on a really great street. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those streets. It was a dead end street that didn't have a lot of traffic. And there were a lot of kids our age and we spent a lot of time outside with the neighborhood kids. But if you were to go a couple streets over, those people are probably looking <laughs> looking back <laughs> at their past a little differently. Mm-hmm. And And I think now it's like those kind of, that kind of environment doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. And so like our kids aren't really able to live that same experience that same Well, I mean, even Holly, like she where she grew up was completely different. So like she looks back at her past as as, you know, like her parents always had an eye on you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. where like like you, on summer days you'd walk outside in the morning without shoes on, just heathens. You yeah. walk out in the morning and you'd come back at ten o'clock at night and nobody was looking for you, everybody yeah. knew you yeah. were safe you could ride your bike you could play football you know we yeah. we used to hide we used to play commandos and everyone had fake guns and we the whole street it was was part of the game and you be, we'd be hiding in people's bushes with fake guns like you if you yeah. did that now you'd get shot yeah <laughs> you know yeah and so like and that's like when i hear kind of the old, the older generation talking about how what a shame it is that all these kids do now is play video games and mm-hmm. it's like well what do you want them to do like they that we, they've gone to a virtual world, that world that we were allowed to grow up in doesn't exist. Right. Well, but, and so, so when you're, when you're taking that run, down that uh-huh. street, you are thinking back to man, because it really was a great place to grow a great street to grow up on. I mean, all the stuff that was going on in the background didn't even matter if yeah. you were a kid on that street.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, here's what's interesting. So, okay. So, so, um, our grandmother passed away recently. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, uh, for, for, the last 15 years, I've taken care of the house. I've gone and mowed the lawns and done all this stuff. And, um, uh, we, this street that we lived on, that was this amazing spot. Um, when I was a teenager, um, we had to move from that. Right. And there was this little kind of chaotic period where, uh, I had to move and I had to move to our grandma's we moved to a trailer and it was just this stretch and I was going through those formative teenage years around you're just trying to figure stuff out anyway. So it's still like, it, it just was this heightened emotional time period for me at the time. And it was interesting. So a few months ago um, uh, I, I went over there. I was still mowing after she'd passed away because getting ready to sell the house and got the house empty and getting ready to sell. So the house was empty. It was under contract. It, we knew it wouldn't be there anymore. Um, I maybe had one more. Lawn mowing left and uh, went over there. It was evening, it was a summer evening. Went there with my son, who's 13, right? So, the same age I was when, when I moved to that house. We had to be there for a few months. And I remember being, um, you know, 13 years old and in one of the rooms in that house and just sobbing. Because we had to leave that, that street that you were talking about and leave this house in this, like, this, you know, uh, the cleaver, you know, to leave it to beaver type, just awesome environment and going into who knew what was next. And um, I remember I walked through the house with my son and just had this weird moment of, like, okay, it's, it's decades later now. I, I have a child who is the age I was. And, and it was super cathartic. And I don't know, and I don't know why, but it, it it was this nice moment to like look back and be like, all right, like, you know, like, it was, it was almost nice to like be like, life kept going, and and these events in the past were just in the past, and it was like closing a chapter in a weird way because you never get to go back to that place again, and um, and it was it was sad, but not sad at the same time. And I don't know why that is, but it's, it's just a nice, it's sometimes, I guess sometimes it's nice to reflect on those things and then move on for the sake of moving on, you know?
0: Right.
1: Yeah. For sure. So, so anyway, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> any are other ideas you, you on emotionally
0: that? Emotionally
1: drained. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, and here's the thing as I've, as I've, uh, gotten older and and you know went, went through through some thought process in the last few years is i've come to find that really i don't know anything <laughs> and and it's like you sit and you talk about it and you're like ah well who knows who knows what this is all about and and uh, in a weird way i guess it's kind of nice um but it's nice it's nice to chat about it yeah yeah purge um,
0: get that stuff out yeah
1: yeah so um anything else you want to go on on that so uh
0: No, I don't know. I think that's nice. I think it's a good place to stop. Next, week, next week, I'll talk to you about, uh, I, don't, I don't want to really get into the practice of Scientology, but I want to talk to you about my experience, the, the actual physical yeah. experience. Yeah, that's what I want
1: to know. <laughs> that's what I want to know.
0: It's, it's a great story. Yeah. And I've been waiting for the right place to tell it, so.
1: Yeah, let's do it. I think we will, uh, nice little inauguration episode here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll chat about some stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right on. Doug, hey, man. Thanks for,
1: right. uh, thanks for,
0: thanks for uh, reaching out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anytime.